We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're talking rookie wide receivers post combine results on Roto Viz Radio. Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabin alongside Curtis Patrick. We are two of the owners here at Rotoviz, fired up to talk through some wide receiver results in a class that's looking like it's going to put a number of players into the first round. We have combine results in hand. Curtis has uh, got his conditioning in for the night at travel oh, soccer man. practice, and we are ready to go. Yeah, man, I, I do all this stuff with these kids. And I was joking with Dave uh, before we started recording that every every half season that goes by <laughs> gets a little bit tougher. Uh, but I can still yell at them, uh, still tell them, you know, they're they're getting smoked by a 38 year old. But eventually uh, they're just going to be leaving me in the dust, which will be pretty fun. But actually, it will be fun, Dave. Um, and, and we'll have to talk about this and plan this um, later now that it comes to mind. Um, if you end up being able to join me in in Canton um, for the Fantasy Football Expo this year, I think I'm going to be doing a Fantasy Analyst Combine. Oh, my Lord. Nice. <laughs> nice. So so maybe these kids will be keeping me honest and uh, I won't totally embarrass myself in nice. that event. <laughs> well, dude, after the uh, powerlifting competitions, I'm going to be very disappointed if you're not throwing up like 15 reps at 225. Yeah, it's it's all the running, you know, okay. it's all the cardiovascular that gets so much harder to motivate yourself on uh, as you get older. But yeah, yeah. We, uh, enough about uh, my my uh, workout uh, performances. We got to talk about these receivers, Dave. Right, let's do it. But first, I have a fantastic FFPC stat attack for the evening. Bring the heat. All right. So we're talking about wide receivers. We're going to focus some on guys that we are expecting to go in the top 25 or so picks. But I was wondering if I just looked at the top 100 seasons of wide receivers um, in years one through three. So looking at a list of just the top 100 seasons, the player could be in this list three times as they posted three top 100 total PPR seasons. And I was curious how many of these players came outside of the top 100 and the answer to that, Curtis, 
is 12 of those seasons across nine players came from players outside of the top 100. For those of you not good at math, 12%. So you had guys like Mike Williams, Brandon Marshall, Hunter Renfro, Tyreek Hill, Victor Cruz, Josh Gordon, Alan Hearns, Marquez Colston, and who could forget uh, Buffalo's Stevie Johnson. Just oh, 12 Stevie. players. Yeah. Yeah. So and bad, it was bad Mike Williams. Bad what Mike Williams, not good Mike Williams. Correct. It was bad Mike Williams. Yeah. Uh yeah, that was back in 2010 with Tampa Bay. So I bring this up because you do see guys drafted lower make their way into having good seasons. But by and large, these are not the guys that are going to put the most impressive performances, which is why we spend a lot of time focusing on those top level wide receivers. For those of you that are curious, the average draft position um, of these top 100 PPR seasons in years one through three comes out to 59, which might be a little bit later than people would expect. 46 of these performances came from players drafted in the top 32 and 72 in the top 64, driving back the idea of how important it is for a wide receiver to go in the first two rounds. And that, everybody, is today's FFPC stat attack. But Curtis, it looks like you have a quick reaction to this. No, I just want to say, I mean, if you're playing uh, Rotovis Triflex Dynasty over on on FFPC and you're itching... Uh, you know, for rookie draft season. I mean, that's great because this is a year where we expect a concentration of wide receivers to go in the first two rounds of the real NFL draft. And so um, you don't have to fret. I know on the FFPC, you know, especially for those of you that have been playing on that platform for so long and, and the Rotovis Triflex style is newer to you where you're starting three wide receivers uh, mandatorily, um, you know, it's okay. It's okay if you can't take Brees Hall at the top of the draft. You're going to get some great value on these wide receivers. We're going to talk about a few of them tonight, uh, but this is uh, my reminder to check out myffpc.com. It's the home of the elite uh, high-stakes dynasty product on the market, and that is the Rotoviz Triflex Dynasty setup. League starting at 77 bucks, all the way up to, Dave, over $1,250 Ooh. per buy-in. And they will even open up a league with $5,000 buy-in if you get enough wow. league mates in there. So this is this is the creme de la creme, okay? So this is, this is where the pros go to play Dynasty. It's where Dave and I play Dynasty. Check it out. All right, Curtis. Let's look at uh, some results now from some real athletes um, and make our way over to Traylon Burks, who I think some people had hoped was more of an athlete than he proved to be, but I think it's okay, and we will explain why. So Traylon Burks, as you probably are aware, put up a 40-yard dash time of 4.55, just a 35th percentile number. But of course, those of you that have been tuning into Rotoviz for some years know that that doesn't really matter that much because this man stands 74 inches and weighs in at 225. As a result, this is pretty good size adjusted speed. It's a speed score of 105, which for wide receivers is 79th percentile. His freak score of 65 puts him in the 82nd percentile, Curtis. Uh, so when you are comparing him to athletic comps in the combine or the workout explorer, you get guys like Juju Smith-Schuster, Dwayne Bowe, Jordy Nelson, um, 
Gabe Davis, Laquan Treadwell. Not that these are all the most exciting names, but these are players that have done things in the NFL that were good, that players have been excited about in the past. Uh, and as a result, I don't believe that we're viewing this as as this big blow up for Traylon Burks and what we might expect from him. You know, does it stink that he didn't put up like a 4-4-5? Sure, but I'm not sure that people are expecting him to be the fastest player in this class. Yeah, nobody expected that, uh, but everyone was hoping for like the DK Metcalf level outcome, you know, the yep. four threes. Um, so yeah, so Burke, it turns out that Burks is a very um, strong, very fast player uh, that it's kind of weird, man. Like the three cone was really bad. Uh, the, the three cone, you know, 7.28. It doesn't really match what you see uh, when you watch him play. I mean, he's so dynamic in the open field. Um, but there is a difference between how you move after the catch um, versus how you get open. Yep. And that's why, you know, three cone has um, historically been an important uh, measurement for wide receivers in the low vertical. So he really is kind of a, yeah, he's kind of a head scratching dude. Um, but, you know, he was so productive in the SEC. Uh, and there are some major, um, you know, check marks there. Uh, many of the players that I respect, you know, a lot in the industry, analysts I respect in the industry, um, you know, have have kind of adopted this mentality of tell me what a player can do or tell me what he's good at and uh, stop focusing on the flaws. Because I mean, you, you look really hard, you're going to find flaws in all these prospects. Um, you know, and and so I, I think it's we're we're better served, and you're better served focusing on you know what could the, the outcome look like for Traylon Burks if he does hit. I will say, you know, looking at the NFL mock draft database uh, since the combine, you know, the projections, the mock drafts, he's fallen. You know, he's fallen yep. from uh, like 12 overall into the mid 20s now. Um, he's he's not looking like a threat to to go wide receiver one. He's looking yep. more like a yeah, he's still going to go in the first round. You know, he's probably going to end up with a really good team now. Right. Um, he's going to end up with a good quarterback. So that's like, it, it's the double-edged sword. It's like, you know, the, the best guys go at the beginning of the draft, but when there's not as much of a gap in talent um, or profile, and then some of these players end up with these great quarterbacks, you know, can lead to some really exciting outcomes. Um, I want to use his new projected draft position of 23rd overall from the NFL mock draft database um, and just see what that does for his Sims and our root of his uh, box score scout uh, quickly, because you, you mentioned his, his workout yep. uh, Sims, but now we can blend some of those workout uh, measurements with the new projected draft position and, and get, you know, an updated list. And so um, it's still pretty impressive. There are a couple warning shots that are going to be fired right across the bow here, but it's still largely a positive list. So unfortunately the number one Sim now I'll, I'll give you a guess. I bet, it's from within the last four years. I, I bet you can guess who who his number one sim is. Number one, also a sim. first rounder. Might he might play up in in Keel Harry? Might, yes, yes, it's Harry. And, and Harry's uh, actually yeah, because Harry's in yeah. his athletic comps too, and that was one who I was debating oh, if I boy. say it or not. <laughs> it's it's Harry. Yeah, but oh, Harry boy. actually was a was two one hundred uh, two one hundred faster in the forty three pounds heavier. Um. Totally different players. Yeah. Um, totally different players in the field. Nikhil Harry was a contested catch king, and Burks is a, a yak monster. Uh, but then you get Kenny Britt, Jordy Nelson, um, Jonathan Baldwin. Ouch. Uh, Hakeem Nix. Hakeem Nix's knees gave out, but mm -hmm. he um, was super solid at the beginning of his career. I think we forget um, how excited everyone was about him in Dynasty. 
DeAndre Hopkins, Allen Robinson, Alshon Jeffrey, DJ Moore, Brandon Ayuk. It's Dude, still a really, it's really solid that's a top really 10. a good list. Yeah. Now you don't, you know, I, what you're looking at here is, you know, the, the precision um, route runner catch everything in sight type outcome like DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, that's just not what we really saw from Burks in college. But I mean, you could certainly see, hey, could he end up like Jordy Nelson if he ends up in a great situation? Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Absolutely. So this is this is a great list. I mean, nobody has a completely perfect top 10. We've still never seen it. We've seen some really good ones, but we got like seven out of 10 hits here in terms of being uh, you know, a player who would not lose dynasty value after year one. Um, and so that's pretty exciting. Uh, Traylon's still going to be you know a top tier prospect uh, as we're working through our rankings this week. Uh, the five of us for uh, round two of the Road of His Rookie uh, Draft Guide series. Traylon's still going to be, you know, across the board, top two, top three, uh, depending on which analyst you're looking at. Yeah. Final note that I have on Burks here he's, is he's now probably avoided ending up uh, in New York playing for <laughs> the Jets, which I actually think is a very positive thing. Uh, and a player that I really like could yeah. end up there in Garrett Wilson. Oh so let's talk about the two gentlemen coming out of the Ohio State uh university so you had garrett wilson putting up a 90th percentile 40 yard dash at 438 now he weighs in at 183 pounds so he had a speed score of 99 which is just 61st percentile uh and a freak score of 53 which is 55th percentile uh however for a player like wilson you know freak score i don't think is is at the top of my mind um, and before we talk about him, or actually, I guess we should share some of the comps. So you see guys like Will Fuller, Steve Breston, Eddie Royal, Kenny Stills, um, trying to find other names that people might remember going back a little bit further. Uh, Johnny Lee Higgins, Joe Morgan, Quez Watkins. Um, so, <coughs> excuse me. Um, with the biophysical profile, not the most exciting group of players. Uh, Curtis, do you want us to talk about Chris Olave? You want to pause there for a quick second? Uh, let's go ahead and finish up. <clears throat> let's go ahead and finish up talking about Wilson. Yeah. Um, quickly, I think we can put a bow on it. I mean, his stock was already sky high. Uh, he was pretty much across the board being mocked as a top two receiver uh, by by most beats and by you know the the really big time NFL draft analysts. The combine um, kind of reinforced it as well as, um, you know, you seeing Traylon drop a little bit. Wilson's back up to an overall uh, projected draft position of 10 overall. So if we put that in the road of his box score scout, of course, you're going to pull in, you know, all of the other players, you know, who have in recent years have gone in the top 10, the top 20 um, that, that are blazing fast and under 200 pounds. And so as it's, as expected, it's kind of... Um, it's a head scratching list. And mm-hmm. I think landing spot will be a little bit important. You're going to want to see him with the type of quarterback that can throw him open. Um, these are the types of players that also need to be, you know, moved around the formation, used correctly, run the t- right types of route combos. But Wilson's absolutely deadly um, after the catch. You can really take it to the house at any given time. So, you know, it, it's, it's a little scary to think about him ending up uh, in New York, as you alluded to. Mm-hmm. But uh, number one, uh, Sam, actually, Jerry Judy. Um, we also see Percy Harvin, Tavon Austin, Ted Ginn, uh, also a former Buckeye. OBJ, 
Um, OBJ nice. showing up is pretty interesting. OBJ is quite a bit larger uh, than Wilson, 15 pounds. Um, that's pretty interesting, though. Nelson Aguilar, Henry Ruggs, Brandon Cooks, John Ross, Corey Coleman. So lots of misses when you think about smaller mm-hmm. speed guys. The difference with Wilson versus a couple of these other players is, you know, it's not just the speed that vaulted him up the board. Um, everyone was already seeing, you know, Wilson as a top end pick, you know, before the combine. It's not like he was a late riser. He was already being projected in the top 15, went to a major program. That program has really not had a lot of flops coming from the wide receiver uh, position in, you know, the last decade to decade and a half. So he feels pretty safe, um, though I'm not sure at this size profile, unless he ends up, you know, a team trading up for him or sliding a little bit, ending up with, you know, a super elite quarterback, you know, it could be a little tough for him to reach a, a true ceiling, a true fantasy ceiling. And he feels like a player destined for wide receiver two seasons uh, in my mind. But uh, what do you think about that list of Sims after, after you hear him, Dave? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I I would like it to have some different names in there, right? All players that are good to have land in your list. But when you are talking about a player that you're thinking about ranking number one in your class... (laughs) Uh, going first in their class, you're hoping that you're going to see guys that can inspire a little bit more. Uh, I wouldn't say long-term confidence, um, but confidence in them having the ability to really step up and be an elite type of player, which I agree with you. When you look at that list, you're not really thinking that's in the ceiling. Now that's not to say that there's not something to be said for having those wide receiver two type of guys, because those guys still don't come around all the time, especially if you can get one of them that's going to remain in that list for a number of years. Um, So I will say, though, I'm excited about Wilson when we think about what some of those landing spots could be and then we consider that list. It does make me feel a little bit worse than I I did before we looked at it. Yeah, let's just so yeah, I I almost don't even mind New York um, as much. I kind of hope he have it kills me to say it, but as a Browns fan, I don't want him to end up with Baker. You know, yes. I just don't want him in Cleveland. You know, that's like the type of situation that I would really would hate to see uh, for a player like this. But, you know, talent wins out over the course of time. And, you know, wide receivers have, you know, typically long careers. Um, I, I think looking at this list, thinking about Wilson's relative skill set, thinking about him being a, a year three, you know, early declare, um, you know, breaking out early in, in, in an offense, you know, like this, he, I would really like a Brandon cooks type of outcome for him, you know, mm-hmm. getting some low end wide receiver, 
you know, one seasons and, and Cooks has been able to produce um, regardless of the level of quarterback uh, play around him. And so that does give you some hope for a player like Wilson, even if he does land in what seems to be a suboptimal situation. Yep. Then his teammate, and as we talked about, this was one of the reasons that at least I was so excited about Wilson was what he was able to do when competing with other players. So you have teammate Chris Olave, uh, similar size, weighs in at 187. I believe they're both 72 inches, puts up a 439, 88th percentile, giving him a speed score of 101, uh, 66th percentile speed score, freak score of 54. Uh, had a pretty good broad jump that came in in the 64th percentile. Um, puts him with similar players, Will Fuller, Steve Breston, Dede Westbrook, uh, Kenny Stills, Quez Watkins, Joe Morgan. So we're looking at guys that physically are very similar. Actually, Garrett Wilson gets into his uh, list of athletic matches. I think from my perspective, this is the type of performance I would have expected, so it doesn't radically shift him up or down. Um, it's just the like the combine ramifications for him are more what happened with other wide receivers. Yeah, the root of his box score scout doesn't like Olave quite as much uh, mm-hmm. as as Garrett Wilson. Um, number one, uh, Sim here, Philip Dorsett. Number two, Devin Smith. Uh, we then get Judy. Uh, we yep. get that crossover. We also get Percy Harvin. Nice. Um, interesting name here. You know, from from an early producer who also ended up being overshadowed by a teammate in a stacked wide receiver room. Interesting to see Justin Jefferson show up here. Um, yeah. So, so that, that is the interesting one that gets pulled in. But we also see, man, Titus Young, Justin Hunter, Dante Pettis. <laughs> Two boys Dave in state production. We, we should have been, uh, we should have been live streaming tonight. Dave, Dave looks like he's absolutely queasy over this, yes. this list. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, his, his projected draft position now being at 19, you know, he also figures like Burks to potentially go to a team that, you know, maybe is that deep threat away. And the cool thing about Olave, you know, I, I think you mentioned Will Fuller when we were talking about uh, when we were talking about Garrett Wilson, but in terms of actual like style uh, and similarity, there Chris Olave seems like a Will Fuller type of player that could just take the top off of um, any defense and you know just give him what the, give him to a quarterback with the right type of arm um, and another you know player that you know opposing defenses have to respect underneath could be really dangerous. So. Um, Olave is the type of player that could fit in any offense. Um, and you know, that the teammate quality has to mean something when you, you got two wide receivers from the same school going in the top 20, uh, and a- another guy who could also potentially go in the top 20 who transferred away from the school because of those two guys in Jameson Williams. Um, it's a really, you know, kind of intriguing situation. For sure. So there are a couple of lesser known players that I want to talk about that had very, uh, inspiring performances at the combine before we make our way there. We have to talk about David Bell out of Purdue, um, stands 72 inches, 212 pounds, put up a 40 yard dash of just four, six, five, which is a ninth percentile from a speed score perspective. That's a 91, which is 27th percentile dude, his broad jump first percentile um, a 108, his vert 16th percentile at 33 does not help this man's freak score here. Uh, 42, which is 28th percentile 
second <clears throat> percentile in explosion. Um, the man just does not profile as a terrific athlete. However, there are a handful of inspiring matches, but I actually don't see Bell as matching up with all of them because you do see Jarvis Landry in there, which is interesting. You see Anquan Bolden, and you also see Mike Williams, uh, the Syracuse version. Um, beyond them, James Washington is probably the best name that you're going to find. Preston Williams. I think that this performance really dropped down his draft stock, uh, which in turn is going to bring down excitement that people would have had for Bell. Uh, quick reaction from you. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't really bother me as much. Okay. I didn't, you know, um, I think I project in volume one, I think I projected him at four, six and he mm-hmm. ran around what I thought he was going to run. Um, you would have liked to have seen a little bit more explosion. Um, you know, maybe a slightly better three cone. I'm sure he'll put up, you know, better numbers at his pro day. Uh, but when you, when you mix the production, you know, the size, the slow 40, he still pulls in a lot of great names. Okay. Um, a lot of great names. When you look at the the full profile and the road of his prospect box score scout. So, uh, his draft, his projected draft capital in the NFL mock draft database, um, predictably has dropped back down. He had actually gotten a little bit of momentum in the week leading up to the combine. I had risen from the mid fifties to the mid forties, uh, you know, kind of getting into that mid second round rather than that second to third round uh, borderline. He's dropped back down to 53 overall. Um, that pulls in some, you know, really good names still. You know, we see Muhammad Sanu as the top Sim Jarvis Landry, number two, uh, Malcolm Kelly, not a great name to be pulling in, uh, in your top, but then we get Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, LaVisca Chenault, Ruben Randall, Keenan Allen, Juju Smith-Schuster and Brandon LaFell. It's actually the best list of any of the guys we've talked about. And what it comes down to really is early production matters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, production profile is so important when you get the draft capital along with it. You know, it's just hard to really shed that, you know, um, if he still goes day two, I'm not scared off of David Bell. Now I had him let me get player six overall in, in uh, version one of the guide. Um it could be a small adjustment. He's still going to be in my top 12 rookies for sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm not dropping him out of the, the first round despite um, these, these measurements, because like you mentioned, Jarvis Landry, horrific combine. Yep. Absolutely horrific combine. And he, you know, went on to be an absolute PPR monster for, you know, basically two full contracts in the NFL. So um, yes, David Bell would have liked to have done better at the combine. I'm sure but he was never going to even profile as an average athlete. That wasn't even within the range of outcomes. Um, it's just, it can be shocking when you see the numbers next to it, uh, especially after so many other wide receivers ran so fast. Mm-hmm. That's just not how Bell won. And I'm just not too worried about it. Yeah. So I think that, that that's a fair point. I think the point you make too about where he actually slates it in rankings is worth noting because as I do kind of make my way over to the list that I had for my rankings before the combine, a lot of the wide receivers that I had in front of him would stay there. And the guys that I had behind him, I don't think necessarily are going to jump. So there really might not be that much movement in terms of where you would actually select him. Yeah. In a rookie draft, but I want to talk about a handful of really exciting performances. Um, We're going to go through these a little bit quicker here, but one player that I wanted to talk about that really crushed things was Alex Pierce out of Cincinnati. Now, not the greatest production profile in college, uh, 75 inches to 11 put up a four, three, three 40, which is 97th percentile. Keep in mind, 
He is 211. That gives him a speed score of 120, which is 98th percentile. Gives him a freak score of 81, which is 98th percentile. That is, um, you know, on the heels, too, of a couple other good performances. 88th percentile in the broad, 93 percentile in the vert. Matches him with guys like A.J. Green, Martavis Bryant, Javon Walker, uh, Dante Moncrief, Darius Hayward Bay, who would have been a fantastic mm. player. Could he catch the ball? Uh, Cordero Patterson, <laughs> Kevin White, Chris Conley, Stephen yeah. Hill, Charles Johnson. So just a ton of really super athletic players. Of course, what's going to matter, Curtis, is when we now factor in that draft position and a weaker profile than the number of the players that we talked about in terms of production. Yeah, as would as one would expect, he's uh, you know he's kind of being projected as a late day two pick now. It's 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 a total eye of the beholder yep. type prospect now. Um, you know, tons of eyes um, on Alec Pierce as NFL teams started um, looking at uh, Desmond Ritter uh, more closely. That's the the cool thing is when you have a, a quarterback pop from a smaller program, and and not that Cincinnati's you know not on their way to being premier. I mean, they're you know they're they're very competitive. Uh, almost every season since Luke Fickle went down there and started investing in the program. Um, and, you know, having a player like Ritter there for multiple seasons certainly helps, but you get more eyes on players like this that otherwise could potentially get passed over. And, you know, he saw a, a rise from round five, six borderline to late round three uh, over the course of January. Um, obviously, was in, a name that really impressed at the senior bowl um, as well. And so, you know, if you go over to the road of his box score scout, Plug in his projected draft uh, position of 98 now, uh, figuring in all of the athletic measurables uh, along with his production profile. And despite the late round three, early round four projection, you still get a couple really interesting names. You would expect it to be littered with some, you know, some misses, you know, when you get this far into the draft, but there's still some really cool names. Josh Boyce and Josh Malone, Lewis Murphy come at the top of the list, but then you get Mike Wallace, Chris Godwin, DJ Chark. Uh, right there in in the you know kind of the cleanup position of his top ten, uh, Lynn Bowden Jr., Miles Boykin, Sammy Coates, and Deshaun Hamilton, uh, kind of rounding out his top ten. But man, uh, if you just go a little bit deeper, you also get Kenny Stills, uh, you get uh, Darius Slayton, um, you even get DK Metcalf in his top twenty. So this is a player uh, I was on him a little bit early. I was looking back through our mock drafts, Dave. I actually think I drafted him in all six of our mock drafts uh, for volume one. I just couldn't stop drafting him in the third round um, toward the end of the third round when it was my turn. Cause he, he's just one of those guys that uh, seems like he would fit anywhere. He's got the big long arms. Like when you watch him run, it's almost like Brandon Ayuk, like Brandon Ayuk's wingspan just goes for days. Um, and, you know, just plucking the ball out of the air. Uh, it would be really cool to see him end up with Ritter. You know, when he's going this late, potentially you could see something like that happen. But, man, just an absolute freak. So it'll be cool to see him get a spot uh, in late day two. I think that's where he'll be trending after this performance. For sure. Uh, the one other name that I wanted to highlight here is a small school player, and that is uh, Isaiah Weston who we actually had to do some due diligence on Curtis as we were preparing for the show. Uh, that is because he went to Northern Iowa a school that some of you might remember as the program that gave us David Johnson. Now he's a taller player, 75 inches, 214 pounds. He put up a four, four, 
which is 81st percentile for a 93rd percentile speed score of 112. Also, a very strong 88th percentile in the bench. Not that that matters very much, but did 20 reps. 98th percentile broad jump, 91st uh, percentile in the vert for a freak score of 74, which is the 94th percentile. Also, his explosion of 175, uh, which again just combines broad and vert, um, gives him a 98th percentile score. Uh, now that puts him with guys like Jordan Matthews, Martavis Bryant, Kenny Britt, Devonte Parker, Charles Johnson, Sammy Coates, wow. some other names that we'd mentioned tonight. Um, in terms of the actual scoring for some of these players, not the highest scoring list. Um, of course, being a small school player, this might have got some eyes on him. But I think you're going to need Tim to have a little bit of luck to land in the right situation, get an opportunity on a roster. Uh, but perhaps you have a little bit more intel there than I do. I mean, definitely. Uh, listen, you can't fault these players. If you get an, if you get a combine invite, you have to smash it. Um, and he smashed it. So good for you, Isaiah Weston. Here's the problem. You know, you're 24 and a half years old um, out of Northern <laughs> Iowa. And so, um, yes, super impressive athlete. But as I was doing my research on this player and realized that he was playing at Northern Iowa back in 2017, and then he was still playing in Northern Iowa in 2021, um, you know, that's not the best situation. You would want to see somebody totally dominate uh, at FCS um, and, you know, either put up just a totally illustrious career um, or, you know, potentially transfer up as we see players do often. uh, And it's easier than ever to do so now. Um, or, you know, or at least, you know, dominate when you have a chance to play some crossover games. So at Northern Iowa, you get into his game log a little bit to get some context because just dominating these smaller schools when you're built like him, you know, you would expect him to Northern Iowa's crossover game every year. The first game of their year is against Iowa state. So way back in 2017, uh, that's a different time, man. Uh, when he was a freshman, uh, he, he put up four receptions for 72 yards and a touchdown against Northern Iowa in the first game of his college career. Pretty cool. Um, You know, we go to uh, 2019 uh, after he missed some time with injury. uh, Again, he plays 21st ranked Iowa State first game of the season in a triple overtime game. So this is almost two games long. Okay. Uh, Two receptions for 48 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, FCS then played spring ball. Um, in 2020, due to the the pandemic, he didn't really do uh, much against uh, that competition. Then in 2021, Iowa State opens the season ranked at seven overall. Isaiah Weston, you're a senior, your fifth year, 24 year old. What are you going to do? One reception, 11 yards. So that's not to say he couldn't have success. But listen, this guy's old enough to be getting a second contract in the NFL. Like, like you, that, that matters. So, you know, if he gets drafted, sure, you know, spend a fifth round pick on him or something, you know, and those really deep rookie drafts uh, where you also can't draft veterans. But this is more of a, to me, more of an interesting story. This is not a Christian Watson situation, similarly out of a smaller school where, you know, you also had a freaky athletic performance and, you know, he's young enough uh, for it to matter and going to get the draft capital to go along with it. This is just, to me, a nice story. Yeah. Yep. Um, one of those names I'm going to keep in the back of my mind. Uh, if I'm ever looking for somebody off waivers and there's a crazy situation in his team, I will get excited. 
I will file this one away. Uh, but until there's some major story breaking, I don't know if we need to get too excited. And I say major yeah. story because we did have a couple of major stories break today. Oh, We're not going to talk about them now, though. Well, I'm going to be trying to draft Isaiah Weston in my Canadian football fantasy league in 2022. <laughs> um, I think that that's that's where he belongs on the draft board. Uh, but yes, I'm sure later this week we will get into uh, some more thoughtful ana- analysis uh, to all of the franchise tags and major NFL trades uh, that went down. You know, there's plenty of uh, rapid fire analysis that was put out. Um, and I'm sure everyone's been consuming that very excitedly. Dave and I will have a chance to digest the information for 24 to 48 hours and put out some thoughtful takes later this week. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214. And make sure to rate, review, and subscribe.